Hello and welcome to the Hooligan Report for another week. Uh, I'm your host as always, SM, and with me I have Cruyff. Hello. <laughs> and we have Boyan. Hello. Um, how are we, boys? I'm sure you're buzzing, Cruyff. Yes, overall, I, I think it was a good performance. We came up firing, and from the very first minute, we looked to be the better team, and the overall scoreline showed that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, some pretty fantastic goals scored by Sanchez and Bellerin and Giroud, and the list goes on, really. Uh, yeah. What do you reckon was the worst part of Liverpool's performance? I think that them coming to our training, our, our training was a, a bit, a bit rude. <laughs> they shouldn't show up to our training session. That was very rude of them. I spoke to Brendan, and he said they won't do it again. <laughs> now, while we've got you, Wenger, uh, any any wonder kids you're signing this summer? Uh, yes, we have the under eight Turkish captain. <laughs> He's, he's a centre-back. Then in 2025, we sell him to Man City. <laughs> Make a decent profit on that one, I'm sure. We oui. And we are linked with uh, Maxi Romero from Vélez, for, who's 16 years old, the next Messi. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> the, last, the last one's actually true. We are linked with this Maxi Romero from, from Vélez Sarsfeld, who's 16 and allegedly the next Messi, but... We'll see what happens with that, I guess. See what happens with that one, yeah. Boyan, what was your thought on the game? Arsenal played beautiful football. Passed it around well. Pass and move football. Really cut Liverpool up on the counter-attack. And from, I guess, all all the goals were were lovely. Uh, Moreno, again, I'm not sure. He needs to be dropped. His confidence is at a low because it was... For Bellerin's goal, it was kind of a defensive move Moreno did that you would kind of do in indoor, where yeah. you put your hands behind your back and then crouch down and try and block someone's shot, and oh, it was just shocking. And is, is that is that what he was doing? I thought he was impersonating a statue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess the concerning thing uh, for Liverpool fans is that they they lacked leadership in the game and they lost their discipline at stages and Emre Chan's tackle on Welbeck towards the end I mean he had no hope of getting the ball and I mean in any other game that should have been a straight ready just kind of two-footed chopped him down from behind so they they, they lost their discipline mainly because they couldn't get near the ball Uh, Arsenal pretty much dominated the whole play I guess the the biggest play of, of the game was Martovic threw on goal, made the right decision to try and swear it to Sterling, but you can't overhit a pass from there. Yeah. Just terrible. And that's when the momentum, it was a little bit 50-50 at that stage, and then Arsenal just dominated. And they really could have scored six or seven. I mean, Welbeck, I think, was through on goal twice, albeit at tight angles, and Trezola hit the outside of, of the post with a beautiful passing move in, in triangles. But um, I'll let Cruyff have his moment here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you're right that it was it was a fairly even game. I thought before the um, the Markovic overhit, and that sort of set the tone for the rest of the half. Um, I think the most concerning thing for Liverpool fans is surely they had Sturridge come on at half time, and he didn't really seem to make that much of a difference. Whether he's still a bit injured or, or what, I, but I, I don't think he was fit to be honest. 
I mean, it's it's a concern that he just can't seem to 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 get fit and get on the park for more than a couple of games these days. Well, what's the story with the rest of Liverpool strikers? I know Brendan Rodgers made just a pretty good, a not very thinly veiled did at Balotelli, who was medically cleared to play, but Balotelli didn't want to travel because he was had knee soreness or something. Barini. He's not out on loan, I don't think. So is he just in the twos? They've got a couple of good strikers. Well, they've got one very good young up-and-coming striker in the reserves. I don't know why they don't try and play him, albeit he's 18. But, you know, he looks like he's going to be a uh, reasonable player. Who's that? I can't remember his name. It might be Sinclair. Although I might be uh, getting mistaken with one of the Chelsea uh, reserve strikers. But they do have a very good striker in the reserves coming through. Um, Liverpool, so I'm not sure why they're not giving him a chance unless unless he's injured. But I mean, you've got Ballo and Barini. You, sh- you mean you don't want to play an injury-prone half-fit half-fit striker? You really don't. I know, I know, I know they need to win, but I mean the game was bloody over at halftime anyway. So, well, I'm you just sure you look at their strikers as a collection. You've got what you've got: Sturridge, who's out for half the season injured. You've got Lambert, who's about 35. You've got Balotelli, who can't seem to score more than about... Um, what, what was the most he scored for City in a season? Only about 10 or so, wasn't it? 16, mm. maybe. 16. And, yeah. and a lot of those were penalties. Um, and and Barini, who scored a couple of goals on loan at Sunderland, but is hardly Liverpool quality. Uh, and, and, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realise why they, they lack direction, they lack a bit of shape in games when they don't have any decent strikers up top. Correct. Correct. I think it's it's part of uh, Rogers is to blame as well with the way he's he's recruiting players and, and his transfer policy. I mean, he's he hasn't really brought in that many good players overall when you look at it. I mean, in fairness, their number one target over the summer was reportedly Alexis Sanchez, and was, well. was it Sanchez who turned them down and and decided on Liverpool on uh, Arsenal? Sorry, I, I don't think they offered him enough money. I think okay. that's what it was. Surely, surely, in, if you're in Liverpool's position, you've just sold Suarez, and you have a player of the caliber of Sanchez who could be potentially coming. I mean, we, we were talking about this earlier, and it was related to last season as well. When they quibble over a couple of thousand pounds a week, or a couple of you know a million in terms of a transfer um, fee, and they miss out on players, they've missed out on guys like Ericsson and, and other guys like that uh, in similar circumstances. You really do have to review your transfer policy. Absolutely. I mean, you're looking at say if the differential is ten thousand pounds a week for a player. You know, you looked at I guess the the sum of that over the course of a year, and what versus it's the amount what, of money you get for Champions League? I mean, that's what you're really talking about with a Alexis Sanchez caliber player, or even Christian Eriksen would be perfect for them right now. Well, yes, ten thousand pounds a week times fifty-two weeks of the year versus forty to fifty million pounds of being in Champions League. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And and just having that sort of player in the squad can just lift the players around them as well. I mean, you look at what Sanchez has gone and done at Arsenal in, in the way that he plays and he brings players into the game. And, you know, you can't value that sort of con- contribution to a team, really. And, he, and he's a workhorse, Sanchez, and uh, it's a fairly underrated part of his game. He never stops, never stops chasing down the defenders and pressing them. And, it's, and that really worked on the weekend, given... 
I guess how poor Liverpool's defence been of late, and especially without without Sturdle. And that's it. I mean, when you've got someone like Sanchez who just runs and runs and runs all day, it just forces the other players to sort of lift to his level because when he's constantly chasing down defences, he's constantly putting pressure on and he's looking for those players to pass to or, or bring into the game around him. You, you, it lifts them to another level. So you see Kozula and Giroud and, and those sorts of players are really sort of um, having quite good seasons as a result. I, I, he reminds me of Suarez in a way with the way how, how hard he works and how determined he is down to chase loose balls and his, his sort of never say die attitude. Yeah, I mean, he's having Liverpool a great season. Liverpool fans won't like that. <laughs> what was that? Liverpool fans won't like that. You can't compare anyone to Suarez. He was, you know, the third best player well, almost of all time, if not in the world. And he was on Ronaldo and Messi's level. It'll only take him a season at Barca and then he'll be the best player in the world. <laughs> Speaking oh, of Suarez, though, did we see um, we see his comments following? I think it was the charity game where he said that he wouldn't rule out coming back to play for Liverpool one day. Right, well, he, he might have to do it in the doldrums of the championship. If so, <laughs> <laughs> well, United um, have been waiting for Cristiano Ronaldo to come back ever since he left. So I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't um, stay up at night waiting for that transfer to happen. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I can't see it. I mean, there's while of course the fans love him here. I mean, if you're if you like him, I don't think he's getting the same kind of scrutiny in Spain that he was getting in in England. From that perspective, it was the right time for him to go. I can't see him coming back anytime soon. I think that's more just to keep the fans of Liverpool loving him, really. So, yeah, I can't see it. Yeah, uh, that's understandable. But uh, speaking of United, we might talk quickly about their game uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it was a fantastic strike by Rooney uh, for, I think, the second goal, and the other being that um, Villa losing that game drags them further into the relegation battle. So we'll talk about the quality of Rooney's goal first and the quality of goals over the weekend. Delicious. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was a fantastic, fantastic strike. He's a natural striker. He's a, a, a natural finisher. And he plays when he's playing off instinct, which is why I sort of play up front, so he can't think about it too much. When he's playing off instinct, he's a fantastic forward. And the pass from Di Maria, I mean, this is that was Di Maria's tenth assist of the season, but What's it was a bloody the, poor he, pass. He's getting pretty close to the United record, isn't he? Was it Ronaldo with the record number of assists, or who was it? <laughs> um, it uh, I think Beckham's on fifteen. Oh, Beckham. Sorry, it was Beckham, not Ronaldo. Yeah, Beck- uh, Ronaldo wouldn't assist goals. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew, I, knew, I knew it was one of those guys, but yeah. Rooney did well to bring that ball down on his on his left with the, the the tip of his boot and then hit it on the half volley. I thought that was exceptional. Yeah, I mean, the, and it was similar with the um, Sanchez goal as well. I mean, the way that those guys are able to hit the ball whilst clearly off balance or the ball's sort of bouncing in a way they wouldn't want uh, and still to be able to strike the ball pretty well and actually score a pretty fantastic goal out of it is you know, a testament to their skill. Yeah, correct. And he, uh, he it, 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 was, game, it, oh. it, it was it wasn't as good as Sanchez or Giroud, but I mean, <laughs> oh jeez, um, um, he didn't have the, the the best game, Rooney. But I mean, that's what you need in your centre forward, really. Um, he might not play that well, and didn't have a great touch, as, as I said, when he had time to think about it. But in that moment, it was just instinctive. Almost like where he almost scored that bicycle kick. 
yeah. again where he didn't quite catch it perfectly but that's just an instinctive finish uh, from a what a straight footballer basically all, all on instinct no time to think about it now we had um, we had quite a few decent strikes over the weekend we had Cambiasso got one uh, for Leicester um Zamora hit one for QPR. Bon, um, not Bonnie. Um, yeah, Bonnie. Gomez, Gomez, Gomez had an overhead, yeah. overhead uh, for Swansea. Uh, Charlie Adam, of course, for Stoke against Chelsea. Defoe. Defoe for Sunderland. Um, what's your guys' pick uh, for goal of the weekend? Defoe for me. Defoe? Yeah. I think it's, it's a hard one about whether you go for someone oh. like a Charlie Adam purely for the distance... Or you go for someone like a Zamora or Defoe or Cambiasso for the skill. I, I think I think Beckham's was better than Adams, to be honest. I I like the way that when Charlie Adam hit it, the curve that it got in the air, and I think the commentators picked up on it. Sort of the curl in the air made it a lot tougher for Courtois. But again, it's hard to know whether that's intentional or just you know he's kind of hit the hit the stuffing out of the ball and it's caught you know caught the wind or something. Hmm. But. I- Bloody hate Charlie Adams. So I sort of <laughs> yeah, I he think he just runs around ruining players' careers, or tr- at least trying to, and he's a vindictive little butter. Um, but I quite like Zamora's goal. Yeah, that and was just best main defence. Just beautiful strikes, but I also liked Giroud's goal too. Mignolet was nowhere near Giroud. I don't know if you guys saw the replay, but he was a good. But he was in another postcode away from it. That's how far out he was. Well, I think by then it was, you know, 3-1, and he he was just confident. It was shot, basically. Yeah, definitely. Um, He should have saved Sanchez. Despite how hard Sanchez hit the ball, I mean, really, it's directly above your head. What I like about Sanchez... He should have saved that, but he had no chance with Juris. The little jink that Sanchez did around Colo before he hit it, I thought that was lovely. Well, the fact the well, fact you're talking that the... about Moreno being a statue. What about Tolo Tolo Toro? Oh, he's finished. He's, a statue. he's he's finished. But it's amazing that going into that game, we're all talking about how long it's been since Liverpool have conceded away from home, and when they get hit by four, Should hit for four. Because they haven't played any good teams. That's why. <laughs> yeah, well, that that could be the case. Um, I think they're actually in a lot of strife. To be honest, I mean. They've they've lost to United, arguably their biggest rival, aside from maybe Everton, if you count that. Then, which is a big blow to the top four. Then they've come to Arsenal, who who have absolutely smashed them. When apparently they've got this amazing away record, their captain suspended, their centre back still gone, their their best player is injured, Jean is suspended, Lovren has to come in, Toure has to come in. I mean, they got Blackburn midweek. Exactly, and where is it? I mean, Michael Owen's already put Liverpool in the FA Cup semi-final already. In the final? Oh, um, sorry, yeah. semi-final. Yeah, yeah, he's he's already. Oh no, yeah, he's already put them in the final or the semi-final. Sorry, but yeah. I mean, where, where is it to hear from them? They're not really in a great place at the moment. I think questions you have to be asked, asked of Rogers and and his style and and how he handles things and whatnot. Well, he's had to come out and deny that there have been sort of crisis meetings held, hasn't he? I mean, there's been a bit of fallout from the game. Um, so it sounds like the dressing room might be a bit uh, disgruntled at the moment. Yeah, I, I think Sterling Sterling is as good as gone, to be honest. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise well, there, me. There's also the talk that... Uh, I mean, we were talking about kind of do you play players uh, a bit more in the transfer market to, to 
bring them in, just an extra, extra few thousand pounds. But there's been some talk, and it's been on the forum too, that Jordan Henderson is turning down a contract. I think they've offered him 90, and he's after 120. And 120 in, in this day and age, for you, well, who is going to be a club captain next year? And there aren't that many other players on that side you're going to be paying that money to anyway. They should retain him at all costs. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about the fact that they struggled with leadership against Arsenal, and I mean, Henderson's probably the one who who can provide that in the future. Um, So absolutely, they'd need to retain him. Yeah, um, if if he goes, they're they're in big strife because he's only I think he's only twenty four or twenty five or something. But and obviously, future club captain, if they lose him, it could go horribly wrong. uh, He's also their only big body in midfield unless they plan to play uh, Chan beside the next year in midfield. And naturally, Chan's natural position, I still don't understand this playing him playing as a, like a centre-half, but if they lost Henderson, their midfield would be so lightweight, it's not funny. Yeah, I mean, it will be interesting times for Liverpool. Um, we touched on the fact that United beating Villa was a, had a great goal from Rooney, but we'll, we'll look at the other aspect of that, and that's the relegation battle. Uh, and there were a lot of significant results on the weekend uh, for the relegation battle. With Leicester finally picking up a win against West Ham, we had um, QPR somehow getting an away win against West Brom, which um, I don't know what the odds were for that before the game, but to score four against the Tony Pulis side, and they've only got one away win for all, all season. It's not bad. Weren't they singing... We're beating you away, you must be shit or something. Yeah. So, or, or, or you must be shit if we're beating you away. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, haven't, they only had one away win all season, and that was Sunderland, who who are no you know, decent side. But West Brom under Pulis. Well, exactly. I mean, and, and they got that win against Newcastle, and Hull lost to Swansea, which drags them further into it. Um, interestingly, if you look at the table, West Brom are almost, and even Newcastle to an extent, are sort of sliding into the battle because sides like Burnley, QPR and Leicester have all picked up points. Um, you know, it, it now isn't so clear about what the points total needed for safety is, and West Brom aren't that far above it. I mean, yeah, that 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 bottom lot for six sides, seven sides, it can, it's a real scrap. I mean, a bit of a shit fight going on. I mean, West Brom's in 14th, but they're only seven points clear of relegation, and they, Burnley are capable of getting out of there. So, I mean, and Hull, your guys are in trouble, 28. Oh, massive trouble. Sunderland, 29. I mean, it's it's going to be re- a real scrap to the last day, I think. But I think QPR play... Oh, no, Sunderland play Chelsea and Arsenal the last two games. So you can't see them getting points out of that. And we've got Spurs and United. And, I mean, honestly, um, I think yeah. we'd be almost odds-on favourites for relegation at the moment purely because of our fixture list. I mean, Leicester are still six points... Clear I think safety. they're as good as gone, to be honest. They're, I, they're too far away. I think they are, but their, their fixture list gives them some hope, and the fact that they've been in West Ham now should give them confidence. I mean, they've got West Brom next week. Um, so, for instance, if you if you give them that win, that's two in a row. Suddenly they're level with QPR, if QPR don't get anything out of the Villa game. Uh, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're, they're right back into it. And if you give them that little ounce of confidence at this stage of the season and that self-belief, that's all the side really needs to go on a bit of run um, who knows what could happen I, I, I would be well, very surprised if we're not in the relegation zone next week though well, we have Southampton um, you play Southampton Burnley have 
Uh, oh, <laughs> to be fair, they've got Arsenal, so maybe maybe I've spoken too soon. And there. You're, you're playing Southampton. Yeah, we're playing Southampton, and QPR have Chelsea. So um, Burnley might might well get a result against you guys at home, though. You never know. They you know mm. haven't looked terrible at home. They could up... say that, but at the same time, look how good we've been. in. if we fast on the break, I don't think they stand a chance. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly getting it's certainly getting very interesting, and I think Villa would would be definitely needing three points against QPR for um for their sakes. Well, yeah. um, if I mean, if United, uh, you go. If United are clearly third or at least top four, and that's secured, then Ferdy might just tell Van Hal to give Brucey three points, you know, for old time's sake. That that would be uh, very very much appreciated, and I think there's been some talk uh, from the Irish boys at Hull to Shane Long at Southampton about a similar sort of uh, deal being <laughs> struck. So who knows what can happen? But um, Southampton are a bit of in, in, in a slump themselves, though. So it, they are. I, I think I don't think it's impossible for Hull to get points out of it. I mean, it's probably unlikely, but at the same time, Southampton have slipped of late. So and they, I mean, they just lost one 0 to Everton as well. And Everton aren't exactly good, so um, I mean, it's not unquick, unthinkable that Hull could walk away with the three points. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the difference a week makes that you you know coming out of the Chelsea game, uh, brimming with confidence with the way that they've played. Uh, compared to the the pretty dismal defeat to Swansea, can can uh, alter attitudes and and outlooks pretty sharply. But um, I think with Yelovich out for the season as well, that's the big key. I was talking to Jats in the relegation thread. Um, we haven't won a game without him on the park, and he's now pretty much out for the season, which is a huge blow to Great. to Hull's chances. Well, as you said as well, Aston Villa QPR is huge. Yeah, that that's huge, and I mean. Um, a draw is probably the worst result there for both of those sides. Um, so they'll both but be going they, for the win. If they get a draw, though, you drop down to seven. Yeah. Villa go to oh yeah, Villa go to six, and that means you're only two points out of the relegation zone. But then if QPR win, that leaves you Aston Villa and um, QPR on twenty eight points. Well, exactly. Pretty much any result so in that game. It's a it's a very interesting. It's huge. It's, it's a huge game, yeah. It, it is absolutely massive. I mean, oh, this is one of the closest relegation battles I've seen in in, 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 in some years, that, well, that I can remember anyway, aside from Leicester. But, I mean, you've got 33, 29, 28, 28, 26, 25, and then Leicester on 20th, on 22. I mean, it's absolutely huge what, what can... A, a, any of those clubs can go down. I think West Brom will be all right, but, I mean, I think anyone from 15th down from, from Sunderland, um, any, anyone can go. And you look at the fixtures on the last day, we've got Leicester up against QPR and I think Villa against Burnley um, are two huge. huge games. So there could be two spots still up for grabs on the last day. Who do you play? Burnley should uh, escape. We, we play United. Oh, yeah. Burnley should escape from here. Um, I, I'll i never get the 90 minutes of my life back, but I did watch the Burnley Spurs game. <laughs> you and Burnley sh- should have won. Oh, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> Ings had two, well, one one-on-one and one uh, very good chance, and he hit the I think he hit one over the bar and one straight at the keeper. And Spurs looked bloody putrid. They pretty much did nothing, nothing all day. And I mean, 
Harry Kane was just left up top on his own with no support around him, whereas Burnley actually played, I guess it's funny about before, but reasonable reasonable um, football, and Boyd got close to Ings and created some some support, so they got a good draw there, and they don't they don't look out of their depth in the Premier League. I mean, everyone everyone laughed at uh, United. I think it was the first game of the season when we drew away at Burnley, but they certainly showed throughout the season that they have the ability. Whilst they don't have the have the playing list, they've got the Sean Dyke done really well. They played they played good football, and if they can stay in, I think they will stay up. And then next season they can bring some players in and really push on to that kind of mid-table level. So who do you see going down then? I see QPR as a lock, Leicester as a lock, and oh, this last one's tough. Uh, probably Hull. Sorry, right? SM. Yeah. But I see your, I'd, I'd like to say Sunderland because I don't think they Sunderland have too much value to the league. I, I, I but, think they're um, just a nothing club, Sunderland. I mean, what, what do they add to anything? They, they used to have their annual 1-0 win over Man City, which was always fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, just when you them in, in the terms of history, though, what have they actually done? Uh, they made the League Cup final last year. Uh, oh, wow. I, thought, I thought you were going to say 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, they played, um, they played Man City in the League Cup final last year. They dumped your mob out in the uh, semi-final, uh, Boyan. Yes. I was, I was actually yeah, at Old Trafford for the second leg of that. That was quite enjoyable, the comical pen- penalty shootout. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the shootout. Yeah, that was that was really a low for that for that season. You know, we thought, oh, well, we're playing pretty ordinary, and we're not not winning games. Well, let's try and have a have a cut run. We got Sunderland. We'll we'll go over these guys pretty easily, and then not only did it beat, but in that fashion, and the way that United players took their penalties that night was just oh my god. Sunderland played Leicester on the penultimate um, game uh, game of the season, so. I mean, that's potentially a huge game too. And also, I've I've seen on the 25th of April, Burnley play Leicester, which is a huge game. Talking about Burnley's chances of getting out, because up until that point, I think they've got Arsenal and they've got uh, Everton at uh, at Everton. And I mean, Everton are in a bit of form at the moment. They've won three in a row, so that might be Burnley's big chance of sort of breaking out of the relegation zone against I Leicester. Think, I don't think Villa are that safe either. I mean, they've got QPR tomorrow... And then they're playing... Oh. Man City is their next game. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, they've got someone Man, else first. No, you're right. Man City. I they've think. got Spurs. No, they've got they've got QPR tomorrow, and then they've got Spurs. Uh, and then the next game's against Man City. So if they don't get anything against QPR or Spurs, um, heading into that game against Man City with and sides then, like Burnley and, and QPR breathing down their necks. And then they've got Everton at home, and then West Ham at home. And then, oh, where are they? I can't follow. Uh, Southampton away. Burnley at home. So and that's another big one, is the Burnley. And that's it. So, I mean, it's anything can happen, really. Yeah, I mean, from for Hull's sake, I mean, you just want Villa picking up as few points as possible. And, I mean, it does look like it's going to be a bit tough for them with their fixture list. But... Um, at this stage of the season, in a way, uh, league position goes out the table for the relegation battlers. I mean, they're just throwing everything they have into each game, or you'd hope that they are. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard to know what results to predict. I mean, you could Leicester beating West Ham 
you could you could go into the games, but you know, Hull, Swansea, and Leicester, West Ham, and say Hull have more chance against Swansea than Leicester do against West Ham, yeah. and yet, you know, the reverse seemed to be true. So. It all dep- It really depends for sides like Swansea, West Ham, Stoke, Palace. I mean, how much motivation they have, because as a mid-table club, they don't have a whole lot to play for. But you know, if they have their own internal goals, they have their own points tallies that they want to hit. You know, sides like Swansea still seem to have a lot of motivation, but West Ham are just sort of dropping like a stone at the moment. Well, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, West Ham are down to ninth after. I mean. I think everyone envisaged it earlier on in the season when they were sitting at third or fourth or whatever it was, but I think most people thought they were never going to maintain that. Same with Southampton, but I mean, West Ham have done all right for themselves. There's talk that Fat Sam's going in the summer, but no idea who they'll bring in. Yeah, I mean, that'll be an interesting one because I think he's just as good as gone because I think his contract runs out and he's one of the highest paid managers in the league. In the world. In the world even, yeah. So... You know who, who would be good for West Ham? Sean Dyche. If Burnley go down, they should have a look at him. Well, because Burnley, because he can. Um, he's got a. I mean, he, that's not a that's not a bad call actually. He's a decent manager. So that, well, they play good football, and he doesn't need to go around splashing millions and millions of, of, of pounds. I mean, they really haven't improved the team that much. And at the start of the season, all the all the you know the pundits were saying. Well, they're, they're a lot to go down because they haven't brought anyone in, basically. I mean, I think one of their biggest signings was Michael Keane, who was a 22-year-old reserve centre-half from Man United. And um, I think they, they brought in... Um, I think their, their record transfer fee was actually for George Boyd from us, and I think that was like $2 million or something. Um, yeah, probably. $3 million. And, um, and he's been fantastic for them. But no, you're right. I mean, they haven't really brought anyone else in. So, I mean, if you can get your team to play like that and still stay, say, motivated and they, they play as a team, he'd be perfect for, you know, that, that team between, say, 12th and 8th who are looking to push to that next level without spending accordingly to get there. Um, oh, and I, I, sorry to cut you off, but I, I think the race for second is quite, quite interesting too. I mean, I think Chelsea have all but first tied up. It'd be very surprised if, if they managed to to track from here with the squad they have but and, and how good their results have been but I mean Arsenal 31 games 63 points United 31 games 62 points City 31 games 61 points I mean any of those I can't see City finishing second but it's not impossible really well I mean I was about to say we're talking about quality of managers and Pardew's done a fantastic job at Palace and I mean oh, they win this morning when um, they in the drop zone when he took over <laughs> Uh, they were just about, I think. They might have been um, 17th or 16th. He's done very well. Uh, I don't think anyone really expected that. I remember at the time thinking he was he, he's a good manager at a club like Newcastle where they've got you know, a higher yeah. quality player, yeah. but you know, he didn't seem the sort he'd, he'd be able to lift, you know, get yeah. get the most out of um, poor players, or no disrespect to Palace, but you know, poorer quality players. Yeah. Um, but he's done a fantastic job there. Yeah, I mean it's it's remarkable, really. I mean, the way Palace were going before he took over, they were they were in, they were in real big strife. But he, he's lifted them and they've done well. And the other side of the coin, obviously, is um, the poor performances from Man City and and the way they've just completely dropped off. I mean, they lost to Burnley the other week and and they've lost to Palace this week, um, and they've gone from being in the title race to, to struggling to make top four. Yeah, d- definitely, and 
it's it's you wonder what I, th- I don't think I think Pellegrini going two and a half season. Yeah, I wouldn't. That wouldn't surprise me. And I think was it was it you or somebody else who made the call that this was basically the last chance for that group of players, and there might be a big overhaul in the summer ahead. Uh, there was someone else, but um, I, I do agree with that statement. Um, you know, you get guys like Toure, Jacko, um, a couple of those guys, and maybe Silva. Oh, not Silva. Sorry, Nazri might be um, kind of shuffled out. I think they're still place for for Nazri there Toure not so much Jekyll not so much um, Kolarov will be gone I think but I mean City, City do need to bring in quite a few uh, new new faces and freshen up the playing group yeah um, absolutely and and we'll just look quickly ahead uh, to next week we've already touched on it a bit with the relegation games but we've also got United up against Man City which should be a big uh, a big derby match uh, with a lot riding on it for both sides. Um, Man United probably go into that pretty healthy favourites, I'd say. Yeah, I mean... We've got the form. you got you the got form, it. exactly. Yeah, I mean, Will Cup was saying yesterday that uh, United uh, City have won their last six against them or something and United haven't done too well of late in derbies, blah, 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 blah. But I mean... And I, I said that it would be foolish to write United off, and it's not as black and white as he was looking at. But I mean, now United should be red hot favourites for that game. The way the way City has set up away and, and their results away of late have been absolutely horrendous. And United are probably the informed team behind, I'd say, Arsenal in the competition. Yeah. So I mean, there's no reason why United shouldn't be looking to take all three points. And then being Old Trafford as well, they they should be able to do it. I think. I mean, form goes out yeah. the window to an extent in the derby, but. Um... Oh, absolutely. United should be red-hot favourites. Bayan, sorry? If they set up playing this 4-4-2 um, that they have, City and Toure just bombs forward on its own, Pereira and Mata will absolutely cut them up because they are absolutely flying at the moment. So, yeah, but, I mean, Derby's the pressure... Um, who knows? Uh, this is the first time. I mean, it's all done well to say that City have been, you know, have, have a very good record since United recently. But this is the first time in quite some time from that I can recall that United actually go into a game with better form. Yeah, than Man City. Absolutely. I think so, Bucky Jock said that on the on the on the board, and um, it's first time in a long time that you, you'll be going into the derby as a favourite. And we're actually playing very good football at the moment, and we're playing as as a team. So we're not kind of relying on one or two individuals. Daily Blind's been been fantastic. Herrera, Luke Shaw, Herrera has been been beautiful, and I, I think we had seventy five percent possession uh, against Villa and wow. similar stats in, in the in the last two games. Will before then, to so if we can keep keep the ball, um, I think we're a very very good chance. Will Blind be first choice now over Shaw, or...? Well, the, the advantage of having Daily Dips. Blind, we might, see that, we might see it this week, is that, he, well, his versatility. So, I mean, depending on what he wants to do with Ashley Young, who, I mean, how Ashley Young, how Van Hals turn Ashley Young and Flanagan into very good players, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But um, if they move Young to left back or Shaw to left back, they can bring in Daly Blind to protect the back four from from Toure and still play, I guess, a midfield three in front of him of uh, Carrick, Herrera and, and Mata. So 
that versatility. I mean, whilst he has been playing left back and going forward, he you know, he shows the I guess the the James sense of a central midfielder, and he's had a couple of assists in the last two games. He yeah had a hundred percent. Well, 100% passing efficiency and got an assist last game, so he's playing very well. I think the guy to watch, though, in the derby from a United perspective is Silva. I mean, I don't think Toure's that much mm-hmm. of a threat. I mean, probably a bit foolish to write him off like I am, but I think Silva's the real danger man. You don't think Valencia can handle him? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, uh, Valencia to me isn't a fullback, but um, I, th- I think S- Silva can change the game in an instant with his his passing and vision so I mean not to say Toure is not a, a good player by any means but I think I think Sil- Silva can change the game most definitely well I, I guess the more I think about it and you're talking about Silva and I've talked about Toure on the right hand side the last three games we've had Valencia at right back and uh, Mata ahead of him and Mata isn't quick so maybe they do go to a kind of 4-1-3-2 and put Daly Blind there, and he can uh, in defensive midfield, and he can come across and try and stop. I mean, if you if you're a smart player, you, you you use your spatial awareness, similar to I guess say John Terry and your and your positioning. You don't need to be quick if you're smart enough player. So maybe they do play Blind in defensive midfield. You can't play Carrick there um, against the Silva and Toure because he's not physical enough. But um, Blind can, can probably play there. Well, it'll certainly be a. Um very interesting game and probably the highlight of the weekend we've already touched on the relegation games um, so are there any closing thoughts for you guys before we sign off overall I think it was a good weekend for the results uh, the top four really took some shape and and the side sitting in second shows that they deserve to be there well I backed you guys in for second for a couple of weeks now so I think it's um, good to see you there so thank you for joining us Fenger Thank you for having me. <laughs> Cheers for coming on, uh, Bayan. <laughs> and uh, no worries, mate. If you're not at win this weekend, title <laughs> charge. Title charge is on. Title charge is on. Real in Chelsea as well. What's Real that? in Chelsea and Van Hull will be knighted. <laughs> <laughs> if, if United won the title from here, I think that would be the uh, the biggest comeback. To win a title. Can you can you imagine that the smugness and arrogance from Van Hal if you not have won the title from here? <laughs> He'd be telling everyone how wrong they were, pointing to journalists saying, Look, here's my piece of paper. Here's Long my here's my dossier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's my dossier. These are the facts. Listen yeah. to me. Did you remember his first press conference when he talked about the fact he was going to educate all the journalists on football about how you don't know everything, I know everything, and I'm going to educate you over the next three years of my contract? Mathematically. Mathematically still in it. Do that again. Mathematically, we can win the title. We're still in it. We're still in it. We're still in the race. I have a fantastic team here, and there's no reason why the players can't lift and, and perform. Oh, well, on that note, um, we'll sign off for the day, but cheers for joining us, boys. Thanks, Thank mate. you for having us. No worries. And, and, and thanks, everyone, for listening along, and uh, until next time, we'll see you on the forums. 